Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and today we are continuing our very high level of excitement around here about one child, which is an opportunity that we all have to make a difference in the life of a child living in extreme poverty. One Child is an amazing organization working with kids in 15 countries, and these are kids in really extreme poverty. They have very little hope, and you can become a champion for a child, and they're living in a place where, you know, like I said, hope is not a common word. And when they find out that they are getting a sponsor, it makes such a transformative difference in their life. There is hope centers in each one of these countries. We're joining up with churches, joining forces, so they have a place to go where they're receiving uh, food and sometimes clothing, medicine, attention, and most of all, they're hearing the gospel. Mm. They're hearing hope. People are speaking truth into their life. And it's making all the difference. So here's what, what you do. You go to MyFaithRadio.com and you will see when you click on that page, the one child picture, and you just hit on the sponsor a child and you don't have to do it right away. You can start looking over all the beautiful kids that are on the website and they are beautiful kids and they're in need of help and they're in need of support. And we can be the the group of people today and tomorrow that step up and make a difference in so many of these kids' lives. So if you are willing and able and something you want to pray about, but I hope that the Lord leads you to uh, choose a child to sponsor and to make a difference in that child's life. So go to MyFaithRadio.com and you can start looking over the children right now. Bill, I am. I am on the MyFaithRadio.com page and not only do I see in my page, I see about 12 different children, but you, they also, it also has this get to know me button. And the way that Gary and I have always um, sponsored children or championed children in the past is we would wait for the Holy Spirit to make a connection. We'd read their stories. My goodness, there's a uh, propo, uh, seer, um, Ash Ish, I think I'm saying that name right, Cho, Typen. Um, there's so many beautiful children that God has a plan to intersect their lives through the generosity of our listeners. And that's just the kingdom working, right? Well, it's so hope giving. Beautiful kids with very difficult names. Yeah, so there's there's one I'm looking at called Marvin. I'm inclined to I'm inclined <laughs> to sponsor him because I know right off the bat I'm not gonna mispronounce his name. Well there you go. I've got Sella. Unless it's Marvin. Who knows? Well, who I could knows? Probably butcher that. But yeah, seriously. Uh, there's some beautiful, beautiful kids with very hard to pronounce names, but there they are. <laughs> And you can go uh, look at these smiling faces and say, I can make a difference. I can help. And, and you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, and one of the coolest things I think that at least for our family is um, some years back, we started uh, champion children with my sons and to have a child go through the program and graduate yeah. and write you a letter of they're going to university or they're going to into management or whatever their next step is. They're going into the next phase of their life, knowing the Lord and making a difference for where they stand. You know, I don't know if there's any greater thing. And so often when I consider Gary and I consider giving, 
we think of the individual to the mass. So from the one to, you know, a you know, something that feeds a lot of people at once and everything in between. And that's what's so important is that when you indivi- when you sponsor or champion somebody individually, you have that person in mind and you multiply that giving across God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. James chapter 1, verse 27. This is in the common, common English Bible. True religion is this. Reach out to the homeless and needy in their plight. Another version says, care for orphans and widows in their difficulty. And they are in a place of difficulty. They have really uh, very little, next to nothing, extreme poverty, something that I don't know many of us can put our arms around. We see it on TV at times and we think, how does anyone live in that environment? Where, where do you, where's the Denny's you go to? (laughs) Where's the Starbucks? You know, you think, they have nothing, and it's remote, and mm-hmm. they might spend the better part of their three hours of their day just trying to get some clean water to drink for cooking and for other necessities. So when you sponsor a child, it's $39 a month, uh, you are going to make a significant difference in the life of one of these beautiful kids. So if you go to MyFaithRadio.com and click on the uh, One Child Sponsor link, you can just start looking over these beautiful kids mm-hmm. and, and, and just... Pray that the Lord might lead you to a specific child, or maybe you'll see someone whose smile reminds you of uh, your your brother, or because it's that smile, or it's the eyes, or something. Mm-hmm. You think I want to give that child hope. Mm-hmm. I want to have their life changed in a positive way. And although you want to change their life, I get the feeling they might change your life. I've seen some of these letters that get sent to the sponsors, and they are so sweet in their little own handwriting and. Uh, of course, they're being translated for, you know, for people. But um, it's it's so touching, so moving. And I know that you will be blessed by that. And obviously, we want to just encourage you. That's that's all. We're doing this today and tomorrow across the network. We're looking and asking everyone in the Faith Radio Network to uh, consider sponsoring a child on One Child. So go to MyFaithRadio.com. Or if you want to call and sponsor a child right now, you can call 800 864 and you can also sponsor a child right now at MyFaithRadio.com. These are incredibly uh, needy kids. They'll receive food. They'll receive educational help. They'll get medical checkups and medicine. And best of all, they'll hear about Jesus, and most of them for the very first time in their lives. And not just once, but they'll end up getting involved in a program that helps them on an ongoing basis. And you'll be able to write your child and receive letters about their progress and these kids are absolutely amazing. Mm. Prepare to have your heart broken in the mm-hmm. most beautiful way. There's a, a boy I'm looking at right now. His name is Apula. Apulo. You think it's Apula. I, <laughs> you don't know that. Though. I don't know. It's, it's as close as I'm going to get. And he's from Kenya. But oh my goodness, he's in all of this dress. He's got a tribal dress gown of some sort. But just what you said, Bill, he is glad to help his parents. He also assists with household tasks like fetching water from the community tap. Um, once chores are finished, this kind of this caring boy prefers drawing and coloring and gathering outside with his friends to play hide and seek. And they can do that at the Hope Centers that where they all gather. And it's, you know, iron, um, strengthening iron, and they're all learning about Christ together and literally changing their community and their tribes and their villages because somebody 
here in the United States or anybody listening on the Faith Radio Network, which is worldwide, said, yes, I'd like to step in, and they're going to MyFaithRadio.com to find a Pulo mm-hmm. or Marvin or Sella or whomever, because there's beautiful children that are waiting to be champions. Yeah, this little boy, Marcus, he lives in Calcutta, and he says, we're, we're just so poor. My parents love me, but they really can't afford anything beyond our very basic need. We live in a small one-room house, and there's only one bed. So my sister and I sleep in the bed, and my parents sleep on the floor. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my, so my parents take me to the Hope Center to attend school, and because of a sponsor, I get a good meal every day, and I get education and I'm starting to dream about a future and hope, and I'm hearing about Jesus. And that's because somebody sponsored little Marcus. I know, and and Paul, who has been there, Paul Perot, who's um, the producer of Mornings with Carmen, he went on a trip. There were several of the staff at uh, Faith Radio Network that were able to go on a trip to Honduras, and he said not only is are the children getting fed and being educated, but they also have opportunities to bring home food to their family and so it's impacting the one and spreading through many. Mm-hmm. There's a woman named Mengualina. She's mm-hmm. a 39-year-old single mom. She lives in the Dominican Republic. She works as a janitor, and she's able to uh, provide very little for her family. And she says because of the child's sponsorship, it's changed all of their lives in so many ways because the Hope Center is a safe place, and it's a secure place for her kids. Right. So these kids end up not going around and being with the gang type kids Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of opportunities for these kids to be drawn into evil. Right. So these hope centers are a place where kids show up and they're well taken care of and they're being fed and they're being prayed with and they're being taught about Jesus. So, Mm. and this is when you start to have hope and you start to dream about possibly a future. So I think of this, this mom working as a janitor and what a difference we're making in the life of her beautiful child. I so, know. Yeah, what a difference. It's so it's so exciting to hear all, about all of this. And you know what's, what just blesses my heart is our faith radio listeners are so faithful to prayer that if they don't have an opportunity to champion a child today, I have a feeling that they're going to be praying for these hope centers. They yeah. might not have even known that they exist prior to this because often we just think of just affecting one child, but really to have a hope center, a place where kids can come and gather, where they can learn together, where Christ can, um, the love of Christ can be felt through many other people in the community as well, because someone said yes to Tepi, you know, a, a child in Cambodia. She's a girl, she her, she's 10, you know, because someone said, yes, I'd like to champion her. Other children will come to the hope center and hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's so cool, Bill. Yeah. Very cool. If you want to go, Look it, up, uh, look it over and see these beautiful kids. Go to MyFaithRadio.com and click on the Sponsor One Child button and you'll be right there. You can sponsor a child right there on the website if you choose to do so. Thank you in advance for being thoughtful and prayerful and considerate and being willing to even think about it. Let the Lord lead you. When we come back, lots of guide talk. We've got the power panel reduced to the Tom and Tom show, which I always find uh, scary. But, you know, that's me. So... Let me know what your questions are. 877, I'm sorry, listen to me. 877-933-2484 is the text line. And that is, I'll give it to you one more time. 877-933-2484. 
Welcome back to Guide Talk. It's the Tom and Tom Show for the rest of the hour, which will always make it interesting for me and possibly for you. But we're also very excited about one child. And thank you for considering becoming a child champion. That's what you will be if you choose a child today. You will be a child champion for this child. And you can um, not only will you be their sponsor, but you will be their their source of hope. You will be giving them an opportunity to connect to the Hope Centers and to get food and medicine and some clothes and maybe even a meal to bring home to their family at night. What a blessing that will be. So thank you for considering it. Thank you for going to the website, myfaithradio.com, and being willing to uh, do it. So, all right, back to Guide Talk. Let me know what your questions are. You can send them over via text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Uh, let's see. Here's a question that just came in a little while ago. Let's see. And now where to go? Um, here it is. Question about baptism. So if you were baptized when you were young, you grow up and get married, do you have to be baptized into your spouse's church? Is it a matter of the heart or are you doing a little act of faith and does it help to be baptized in front of the new people in your life? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Well, you got two Lutherans here in town and <laughs> Tom who uh, come from a strong tradition of baptizing infants because there is a great emphasis in the Bible on covenants, and the Lord establishes the covenant. It's kind of like and it fits with Israel, where the males are circumcised on the eighth day of after being born. Nobody asked their permission. just simply happened. That's how they became part of the community. However, um, and I think... Tom, you and I have a little different uh, outlook on this. When you go to a new church, you go to, and they practice adult baptism, where it's part of who they are, you're there with your spouse. If you're going to serve the Lord there, and if you want to serve him, I don't think you diminish anything by being baptized again. Simply from the standpoint, it doesn't relinquish what the Lord has already done in the covenant. But on the other hand, there's a covenant with that congregation, and there's where you're going to be connected. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage that. You know, I I I've known people who have gone, been baptized multiple times. I don't advise that, but I understand this situation, and I would probably say to them, if you're going to be there with your spouse, you're going to serve, be part of that community. Tom Brock? Oh, Tom, you liberal, you. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's my 10 cents. Ephesians says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So, you know, periodically being a pastor through the years, somebody will come and say, Pastor, I was baptized as an infant, but now as an adult, I really want to follow Christ. So, will you baptize me again? And I say no. Uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there are people that if you baptize them every time they get spiritually renewed again, it's going to be eight or nine times. And uh, so, I I don't. Um, now, a lot of your listeners are Baptists or Evangelicals who don't believe in infant baptism, and that's a whole different thing. But uh, I, I make sure you're baptized one way or another. But once you're baptized, I think that's that's all you need. Mm-hmm. I think of infant baptism as more of an infant dedication, and then when you come to faith in Christ, you have a believer's baptism. But that's just me. No, that's a very common understanding among Christians. It mm-hmm. was very common during the uh, what's called the Anabaptist period after the Reformation. There are lots of different ways to look at this. I look at it this way: if the Lord is establishing a covenant which is called the covenant of holy baptism. It doesn't matter how many times you and I are baptized afterward, the Lord is still there. 
it's not going to diminish anything. Mm-hmm. My basic concern is that when people want to dismiss everything and they don't want to be part of that community, and if I'm going to be part of that Christian community, I'm going to have to adopt pretty much what that community is about. So long as they don't violate Scripture and they don't violate the Lord, I'm there and I want to help them. So I'd rather see people grow in their faith in the Lord than to be unnecessarily put off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something also that just, I have a friend who was, uh, he converted to uh, orthodoxy, and they required him, even though he was baptized as as an Episcopalian, and he might also have been baptized as an adult uh, in, in a more Baptist way, they still required him to be baptized in order to join the Orthodox Church. Mm -hmm. Catholics, however, if you convert to Catholicism and you were baptized as a Lutheran or whatever, they don't require you to be rebaptized. So churches are kind of different on this. I mean, I was baptized Catholic because my dad was Catholic, but we were raised Lutheran. But a Catholic baptism counts in the Lutheran Church and vice versa. So there's just, you know, some history on this. But uh, the main thing is believe in the Lord Jesus and be baptized. And uh, one way or another, make sh- I-, I get nervous when people say, eh, it's just a symbol. Nah, no, God does wonderful things in baptism. Every Christian is commanded to be baptized. What about some of the ceremonial baptisms that were relevant in the f- first century with I mean, the baptism of Jesus by John, that was more of a ceremonial baptism for his ministry, the beginning of his ministry, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it was. And if you read the text, it says he was on baptized in the, he was baptizing on the far side of the Jordan, which is interesting because the far side of the Jordan was not Israel's land. Uh, but that's where Joshua and the people of Israel came when they brought the Ark of the Covenant through the waters, and into Israel. And so you have basically the Old Covenant under Joshua coming in and the New Covenant coming with Jesus, and he's the symbol of that whole New Covenant. It's a pretty powerful thing. However, here's the problem. You read further in Scripture, and Paul has people, uh, or Peter has people being uh, rebaptized because they were only baptized in John's baptism. So there's, there's, it's not as clear as we'd like it to be. I wish it was. And, Tom, I hope you clear it up for us. So I'm giving it over to you. Well, I just tell you, there's a liberal Methodist church across the street from my my place where I live, and I went there one Sunday, and the Methodist pastor baptized the baby in the name of the one who makes all things, and of the Son and of the Spirit. In other words, he got rid of God the Father. I I I wrote a little note, put it in. I found his P.O. box out in the narthex. I said, Pastor. Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't have to, the right to, to change that. And I think he did because he's into the feminist uh, way of revamping God language. But I, I said this to a Catholic priest that I, I kind of know. And he said, I do the baptism over again. And, you know, I would too. If the baptism is not done in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then we are not following the last words Jesus said on earth, which is, go ye therefore baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I I think all baptisms count as long as it's done in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's another question. When I pray, sometimes it feels like it's going nowhere, like I'm talking to a wall. I pour out my heart, but nothing comes back that gives me hope, 
peace or insight, what am I doing wrong and how do I correct it? Well, that's a tough one. I've talked to a lot of people that have been in that circumstance. The best thing they can do is that they come talk to me or they talk to you, Bill, or they talk to Rosie and say, I'm praying and it seems to be going nowhere because sometimes we need to be praying with one another. And oftentimes when we have a big burden on our heart, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a disease, maybe it's a child, sometimes we feel like we're all alone. And even when we pray, we don't seem to get the answers we're looking for. But oftentimes when I pray with other people, I get insights from them during the prayer time or afterward that suddenly I realize later on, hey, that was the Lord speaking to me, or that was the Lord giving me direction. And so the the scriptures encourages us to be together, to pray together, and I think it's the isolation that I see as one of the big problems for most Christians. And I know many Christians pray, and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. Get with another Christian, mm. a couple of them, and, and pray about these things uh, many times. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, too, of the verse where Jesus tells the parable of the widow who kept bugging the judge. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts off saying that Jesus told this parable uh, that people should always pray and never uh, give up or something like that. And, you know, mo- normally when I pray, I don't feel things bumping you know, bumping into action. I think faith is praying, trusting God is hearing our prayers, and you do it whether you feel like it or not, whether you see results or not, you just keep doing it. And mm-hmm. we do it till the day we die. Amen, Tom Brock. All right, we're going to... Um... Continue to take questions for Guide Talk, and you can send them over, and please do. Do not leave me alone with these two, Toms. Uh, I need your help. 877-933-2484 is the text line to send the questions to Tom and Tom. But before we go to break, I do want to remind you that today and tomorrow, across the Faith Radio Network, we are just asking people to participate in One Child, which gives kids hope in incredibly hard places, about 15 countries, kids living in extreme poverty. And the way you can learn about these beautiful kids is go to MyFaithRadio.com and click on the link, which will be on the front page when you load it. And there it is. And you can look over these beautiful kids who are in desperate need of hope and a future. And you can create an opportunity for them to connect to the hope centers where they're going to get food and medicine and some clothing and the love of Jesus with People telling them that they are worthy and it'll keep them uh, focused and moving in the right direction. That will be an incredible difference you can make in the life of one child. So please go to MyFaithRadio.com or if you're saying, I'm ready to do it right now, you can do it on the website at MyFaithRadio.com or you can call 800-864-0200. Back with Guide Talk, or Guys Who Talk, and they do a nice job of talking. The power panel is down to the Toms, Pastor Tom Brock and Pastor Tom Parrish. So we are uh, full of, uh, we've got lots of Toms today uh, ready to go. So let me know what your questions are, 
2484. And thank you. Thank you for considering uh, sponsoring a child. I know how easy it is for me to spend $39 a month. I can spend it at one tank of gas or a couple coffees a week, or I can burn through it pretty quick. So this is an opportunity to make a significant difference in the life of a child. Uh, You are going to be helping a child in a transformative way. So thank you for considering it. Go to MyFaithRadio.com and check out the One Child Sponsor page, and you can go look at these beautiful kids. So thank you for considering that. All right, here's a verse, Ephesians 6, which is, I love Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So, uh, how often do we think about the significance of the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil? We often think our fight is against flesh and blood, but it's not. No. Early in my ministry, I would say the first 20 years, I thought it was the church council that was the real issue, Um, (laughs) trying to deal with that and trying to deal with some of the teachers or whatever. And we we all do things that we would change if we could do it over again. But I began to discover it really is not the people that are the issue. It is the spiritual dynamics that are going on. Who is it that's really driving their life? And I think Luther said it well one time. He said, we are like a horse. There is always somebody in the saddle of our life. It's either Jesus or it's the devil. And the devil is working all the time. And he does that through fear. He does that through uh, greed. He does that through a variety of things. So the reality for me is simply this. I don't look at people anymore as, hey, that person's a problem and I don't want to be around them. Although there's some people I'm not as crazy about, I must admit. But I recognize there's a spiritual battle going on there inside of that person. And how can I try to reach that person? Sometimes I can't. And I have to go on. But I have found where I'm willing to endure and put up with it and begin to probe, things begin to come out, whether it is lust, greed, selfishness. And I've had voices come out of people, Bill, that I have never heard before and mm-hmm. I couldn't imitate. And so I know the demonic is real. Tom Brock. You know, I do think the demonic is real a lot more than we think it is. Because in the New Testament, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, Jesus is casting demons out a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, now and then you get a glimpse of it. I remember years ago we brought in a special speaker at my church to speak on Islam and the evils of Islam. And there was a, a woman in our church, and not a kook at all, who was in the uh, church narthex of the lobby crying. And I went up to her because he was preaching, and I'd heard it already. <laughs> this was the second service, so I, I bought it out. I said, what's wrong? And she said she saw this tailed creature Ooh. sitting on, on the ledge above the guy wow. while he was preaching and just kind of mocking him while he was preaching. Mm-hmm. And and then we prayed, and she went back in, and it was gone. But, you know, that kind of thing almost never happens. But uh, it's there's a veil that we can't see all these demonic powers, but there they are. And I had a few different people years ago 
tell me I needed to read a book. And these people had not conspired at all. So it made me think, okay, Lord, I guess I'll read this. Mm -hmm. And it's a book called This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. Yeah. Wow. About a small New England church and all the demonic forces going on. You know, people might want to read that and then put it down and remember the old hymn written by Martin Luther uh, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word, Jesus, shall fell him. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Tom, next time you got to commit to either saying it or singing it. Oh, or tap dance to it? Or you can tap dance, that? too. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you got to either commit to one or the other. you got this beautiful singing voice, and you, you should have like unleashed the pipes. <laughs> okay, next time. Okay, uh, Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And I sometimes think of this verse often when I get something like, emailed to me or texted to me, hey, can you pray for so-and-so? They just found out they've got stage four cancer and things look bad. And and I try to think of that those words to say back that would be uh-huh. apples of gold in pictures of silver. And I sometimes think, boy, I struggle with that a lot. How about you guys? Yeah, the tongue literally can bring life or death. Oh, I know. There's great power in what we say and how we say it to one another. And that's why being patient and taking time with people and not jumping to conclusions or saying something harsh all the time. It's easy to tell people, hey, you're really stupid to think that. Don't go there. You know, spend the time to try to understand what they're saying. But I know that a word fitly spoken, as you read, is like apples of gold. It is powerful. It can change lives. And I've been doing this now for a number of decades. I'm still astounded, Bill, when I'm out at the mall or I'm somewhere, and I will have somebody come up to me and they say, Pastor Tom, do you remember me? I went to your church. No, I don't remember them at all. <laughs> They're now adults. They'll say, I remember when you said to me in the hallway, you know, Jesus really has his hand on you or is going to do something in your life. And it didn't mean much then, but boy, has it changed my life now, and I want to thank you. And I'm astounded. Yeah. Where did that come from? But I felt led at the time to do it, so... Very, very important to watch your tongue. Well, I always think that this meaning of this verse is that you're giving a truthful answer to someone who's seeking truth. Yeah. So that's incredibly important and valuable. But I also think, too, when it comes to giving words of encouragement, speaking truth to a situation that might be very painful, um, that's also a challenge as well. There's a big difference between telling telling someone something that's painful, Mm. letting them know you're not going away. You're still going to be their friend. You love them. You want to see them mature. It's a lot different than saying something and then just walking away or trying to get even or trying to be one upsmanship. So it goes back again to the heart. Say it with a heart that really says, I want this person redeemed. I want them to be like Jesus. I want to do everything I can to help them get there, even if it hurts for the moment. And I think of just how important it is to use humor to build people up instead of tearing them down. And so, I mean, this is something I have to pray for for myself because it's so easy to say something's funny, mm-hmm. but it's critical and it's negative and it'll tear somebody down rather than build them up. So I think humor is great, but you've got to use it properly. And, uh, yeah, this came to mind. I like that. If you have a question for the panel, 
which is down to Tom and Tom, which I'm A-OK with, send it on over to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Okay, what about if you're a parent and you want to equip and prepare your child for a world uh, that is going to oftentimes deceive them and lie to them, uh, yet they're exposed to things in a school and on the media and a host of other things that do not in any way support our Christian beliefs. They don't respect or reflect our values. How do we help them? A lot of it is spending time with these kids. Uh, I have a grandson who's now 18, lived with us most of his life. He and I not only would watch the TV shows together. I mean, I learned a lot about Barney and, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, a lot of those different animals back then. But we would watch the commercials, and I would say to him, Bo, do you think that's true? Is that really what Jesus is talking about? What do you see when we talk about this in Sunday school? And we would begin a dialogue back and forth. And now at 18, it's a thrill to be around him and have him say, hey, I understand. I can discern fairly well when something is the truth or something is a lie because I've been trying to listen to Jesus about this. So the parents, you have to, and grandparents, you have to spend time. You've got to talk to them. You've got to tell them stories. You've got to interact and let them share with you their heart. And when you do that, they then begin to build tools to be able to deal with this in real life. And I would Google the words Worldview Weekend uh, because th- I, I think it's still going. I'm not sure, to be honest, but it, it used to be a program that when you were in high school, you'd go to this Worldview Weekend, and for, and for two days you get kind of uh, equipped to handle what you're going to be bombarded with at college. And so uh, if this this concern of this caller is, is a great concern, so many people just kind of lose their faith when they go to college. So Worldview Weekend and see if, if they're still going. It's a great idea. All right, here's a question for the Toms. Sometimes I feel God is too big to believe. Just for a moment, I feel that way, and it makes me feel awful. I work hard to try to live a Christian life, and that it's sometimes so discouraging. It makes me feel like I have no faith. Only thought faith, only thought faith you are saved. Only through faith. Only through faith, yes. Go ahead, Tom. I'm not exactly sure what the question means, so you go ahead, Tom. Well, you know, I think this listener is looking for advice. Well, here's the thing. First of all, the mere fact you're asking the question tells me you're headed in the right direction. Because the devil doesn't want you to ask the question about the how big the Lord is or how do you really believe all this stuff or how do you make this work. He'd like to keep it inside. Keep it inside of your heart so you just keep mulling it around all the time and you struggle with it. When you open up and you speak about it, I mean, to put it on the air here as a question is phenomenal. To talk about it with some other Christian is phenomenal because it is in that setting I often hear the Lord's voice and I often get reassurance. And I hear things from others, Bill, that I don't hear on my own. I have, as a pastor, I've learned more from the 80-year-olds in my congregation about their faith walk after a sermon where they'll say something, they'll, they'll kind of chip in and say, hey, it reminds me of something, let me tell you, blows me away. We need one another, and the only way to deal with that is to be honest, tell the Lord the truth, he knows how to handle it, and share it with somebody else and let them help you. Thank you, Tom Parrish. Tom Brock? 
Um, you know, what's coming to mind, St. Augustine, about 390 A.D. or so, uh, wrote a treatise on the Holy Trinity. And uh, whether this is a legend or actually happened, supposedly, he gets done with this treatise, and he walks by the ocean, and here's the little boy making a hole in the sand, going over and taking some water and dumping it into the hole, and going back to the ocean and getting more water and dumping it into the hole. And St. Augustine says, little boy, what are you doing? Well, I'm emptying the ocean into my hole. (laughs) And St. Augustine said, don't you know there's no way? You can't do that. Look how vast the ocean is. And it was as if the Lord said, and you think you can take the mystery of the eternity of God and the Holy Trinity and put it into your treatise? So, I mean, if that that's uh, not that we know, you know, we do need teachers on the Holy Trinity, <laughs> but just to know that uh, God is so beyond us that we'll never understand till, you know, Paul said, now I know in part, then I shall understand fully at, at the second coming. So. Mm-hmm. so glad to have pastors Tom Brock and Tom Parrish with me today on Guy Talk. I've extended Guy Talk today an extra hour because we are spending a significant time also talking about one child, which is an opportunity we all have, me, you, Rosie, Tom, Tom, Peter, everybody, to consider praying about sponsoring a child who's living in extreme poverty in one of 15 countries. They have an incredible program where you uh, can sponsor a child for $39 a month. You can go to MyFaithRadio.com and click on the link and look at these beautiful kids. And maybe the Lord will lead you to say, yep, I want to do this. Or you need to talk it over with someone and maybe make a family decision. We're going to be talking about it today as well as tomorrow. And we're talking about it across the whole network because we want to make a difference in the lives of these kids. So thank you for even considering it. That's where I want to start because you're an amazing, amazing uh, family of support here at Faith Radio. Uh, When we ask, you respond. So that's what's so cool. You can go to MyFaithRadio.com. Or if you say, I'm ready right now, you can fill out the form right there on the website. Or you can call 800-864-0200. So in the meantime, let me know what questions are. i got time for a bunch more. 877-933-2484. That's all next on Guy Talk. Talk. You can send your questions over 877-933-2484. And thanks again for considering uh, One Child. We've had a number of people said, yes, I'm in. So thank you for that. That's a very big encouragement to us because we are praying that God will move and stir many of you to say, I can sponsor a child. Yeah, I can do that. And it makes all the difference in the life of these young kids living in extreme poverty. They get to go to a Hope Center. Here's a, a guy named uh, G-E-N-N, and he's from the Philippines, and he was able to go to the Hope Center. He started at age nine, and today, um, graduate and a teacher. So God has 
done amazing thing, uh, th- amazing things through the sponsor and the Hope Center. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it, and I hope you know how much it means to us when you respond. So thank you so much for that. I've got Pastors Tom Brock and Tom Parrish in the studio for Guy Talk in an extended version. This is the most extended version we've ever done. Mm-hmm. We've never gone the full two hours. So how you how you guys holding up? You guys we're, want a break or what do you want? No, no, we're going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I I blab, therefore I am. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's one of the things we like about you, Tom Brock. All right, here, here's another question: How do Christians hear God's voice after they ask a question in prayer? Is it normal? Uh, what do you do? How do you hear it? I think the majority of the time you're not going to hear a voice. You may get an inner impression. Sometimes that happens. Most often, though, when I talk to the Lord in prayer or Christians I've talked to, they have told me that they they got answers or they came back to them in the strangest ways. It may have been something somebody said at the grocery store. It may have been something a family member said. It may have something that came through the mail. So I think that we don't want to limit how the Lord speaks to us to an audible voice. That does happen. But in most cases, in most cases, it's more of a deep inner impression or somebody saying something that gets your attention and you say, oh, my goodness, that's the Lord. Tom Brock? You know, you know, I, there are uh, some Christians that don't think you should do that. I mean, what I do sometimes in prayer is I'll, I'll pray and then I'll just wait and see if anything comes to my mind. But some Christians think that's not proper, that the, it's the written word that we should be listening to and not thinking that our thoughts are God's thoughts. So I I personally think it's still fine to be quiet in prayer and and like Tom just said, sometimes you get an impression or you pray for, you ask a question of the Lord, and later that day or two weeks from that day, something happens that is a clear answer. So I want to be open to the Lord actually working in our lives, but I also want to maintain that the written Word of God is the way God speaks to us, because I've had enough times in my life where I had a dream or something that I really thought was the Lord, and it turned out not to be. Let me tell you an honest, quick story. I had a couple come to me. The husband had been having an affair. He claimed to be a Christian. He told me, as I talked with him separately, he said, the Lord told me in prayer I was to leave my wife and to marry this other woman. And my response to him was, show me in the Bible where it says that. And, of course, he couldn't. That's the bottom line. If it's not already there in Scripture, then whatever impression you get or whatever comes to you that doesn't align with God's Word is not of the Lord. It will line up. And so go back to the Word always, and that's where I have other Christians hold me accountable. I always start with— Oh, go ahead, Tom Brock. Go ahead. No, no, well, you, just please. You're my uh, guest. Only if, if someone, you hear this, well, you know, uh, I, my boyfriend's a non-believer, but I prayed about it, and I feel right that it's, it's good for me to marry him, and, you know, I'll convert him later. And, and, but the Word clearly says, do not be mismated with unbelievers. Right. So you can feel something's true and really think it's true and get emotionally urged that it's true, but if it's against Scripture, you don't do it. Well said. When I focus on Scripture, what I often do, and this will lead me to prayer, is I'll take a verse or a passage, and I will say, how can I give God thanks and praise for this passage? Mm -hmm. And then I will say, how can this passage convict me of my sin and my shortcomings? And then I ask, how can I have application in my life today? So you take a simple verse like John eleven thirty five, which is Jesus wept. 
And I, I can start by saying there's one of the shortest verses in Scripture. And I think, well, here I can give God thanks and praise that Jesus, in the midst of what he was about to do, and he knew what he was about to do, he stepped into Mary and Martha's pain and cried with them. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. phenomenal. It's wonderful. And then, yeah. then it asked me, how does that convict me of sin in my life? And I think there are times that I'm not comfortable with other people's discomfort. And that doesn't feel good to me because why, why don't I just step in and be comfortable with other people's discomfort? So then I think about that. So then it leads me into prayer saying, Lord, as I go out today, how can I apply this beautiful message from your word that I can live out my day and be more compassionate, show more empathy, and step into people's pain more readily. If more people uh-huh. would pray that way, think about the change the Lord could bring about in our lives. Because we're already lining up with what he said. Now we're getting into our heart and we're asking him to guide us in that as we pray it. I think we could spend a whole hour, Bill, on literally talking about how do you pray scripture back to the Lord? How do you let the scriptures guide your prayer time? There is power when people do that. I we know. don't do enough of it. And yet I know I've let a lot of uh, prayer groups, we come together for an hour, and we spend quite a bit of time just praying Scripture back to the Lord. It is one of the most phenomenal things I've ever experienced. So, yeah, it's called praying Scripture. And so I encourage our listeners to do something like this. Pick a paragraph of the Bible today and read the first verse and then pray it into your life. And then read the second verse and pray that into your life, kind of what you just did, Bill. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it's something that I don't do enough, but it, you know, I, I have a very, <laughs> I, I kind of pray the same things all the time, and I need to sometimes just say, Lord, you know what I normally say, ditto, and then mm-hmm. just, just do, just do what you just said. Take a portion of scripture, go verse by verse, and after each verse, pray it into your life, and see if that doesn't enliven your prayer life. Yeah. One of the things I think about often before I step into the studio are my three favorite Proverbs, the trifecta, the uh, (laughs) Proverbs 18.2, which says, a fool delights in airing his own opinions. Proverbs Mm 15.5 says, a fool hates correction. And Proverbs 12.15 says, the fool thinks he's right all the time. He's talking about us again, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing it up again. Oh, my goodness, yes. do you know what the trifecta is in real life? It's a it's a horse racing thing, isn't it? That's exactly. My dad ran the horse race track, and yeah. I was an usher as a teenager. And what does that mean? That you hit all three? Is it you hit? Yeah, you, you hit all three. Win place and show. Win place and show. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I got to make sure <laughs> I don't, don't. Don't ask me how I know that. I don't do that. On, yeah. <laughs> I got to make sure I don't do that on any given day. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for the time and the extra time that you gave today. You've made a nice um, a nice long show possible, a lot of extended guide talk, so thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Yeah. Good to be here, Bill. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, we're going to wrap up the show today, and I want to leave you with some thoughts about one child. We're going to continue to discuss this today and tomorrow because it's this wonderful opportunity to make a difference in the life of a child who's looking for hope in an incredibly hard place. These beautiful kids are available to go see on the website at myfaithradio.com. As you go to that website and you look at their beautiful eyes and their smiling faces and sometimes their little shirts that are tucked in their pants and uh, their little jeans with holes in them and you think, 
They're spending maybe three hours today trying to go find some clean water for their family. And they take joy in helping the little errands that have to be done in their little community. And they help their mom clean their little one-room house. So if you sponsor them, they're going to have access to one of the Great Hope Centers where they can go and receive food and clothing and medicine and medical care. And most of all, they're going to hear about Jesus and the love that Jesus has for them. And they're going to find out who they are in Christ. And it is going to be uh, a really significant opportunity for them to uh, have a different life with new hope. So if you would be willing to do that, you can go to MyFaithRadio.com and check it out. Thank you so much for spending so much time with me today. I hope you've had a wonderful day, and I hope you have a lovely evening. I'm looking forward to being with you tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.